Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this is a four center podcast feed i'm ken knapsack i'm joseph scrimshaw and i'm jennifer landa and we are here to talk news breaking news from a long time ago this is our star wars news show and you know we're in that weird period of time where i think we're all waiting for a big explosion of news and that would be star wars celebration and maybe what's that star wars celebration but wonderful things uh just kind of pop up and lead to great things conversation starters, little news tidbits, and we're going to get to some 
important stuff today about cameos uh, and handrails in Star Wars uh, and other <laughs> cool things like that. Before we get to all that, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll have our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us and maybe help the show in the process if you so choose. Star Wars Life Adventures, big holiday weekend for those that celebrated. A lot going on. Jen, you're sounding better. Last week, you, you were a little under weather and, and you powered through like like a champion, like Pete Sampras in that tennis game where he was sick. I'll make another oh. two sports reference. How are you feeling? How's your Star Wars and Life Adventures? Good, good. And it, yeah, it was, I'm feeling so much better. And it was kind of a Star Wars Easter weekend for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. It uh, it started off with watching Star Wars Galactic Pals. Well, actually that happened last week. And like, <laughs> My kids loved it. They're these little shorts and they just feature basically baby versions of the different aliens. You know, there's a Rodian, <laughs> there's a Wookiee, there's a Jawa, there's an Ewok, uh, a Gungan that they're going to feature. Right now they just have a, a Wookiee and an Ewok short. Okay. Um, yeah. Obsessed. And immediately it's like, <laughs> oh, you can buy a toy. And uh, so they were like, oh. so I went to Target to try and find it. Nope. There no Wookiees anywhere. A lot of Jawas. <laughs> no Wookiees. So I had to enlist the best bounty hunter, which is my mom. And she, <laughs> she found one. She found me too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So the nice. girls got them in their Easter baskets and they are the, the Wookiee and the Ewok are now tucked in their little doll beds. Oh, actually, no one's sleeping with my, my uh, two-year-old. So Aww. they are obsessed. Oh yeah. It's so good. This is the kind of Star Wars. I, I love that. I'm like, you guys yeah. did good. You knew how to tie in that merch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like they keep uh, making an effort with a lot of the stuff that's uh, all ages to be a fun entry point uh, that also ties into the toys so kids can yeah. learn to snuggle. <laughs> exactly. How to care for your Wookiee. Yeah, yeah how to care Jenny, for your Wookiee. You, you've had a lifetime of Star Wars fandom that y your mother's very aware of. We know this, but mm -hmm. uh, is she just used to getting a call or text from you? I need some Wookiees. Yes. Gotta go find me Wookiees. <laughs> she said, I sent her the picture. She said, that? That is so weird looking. <laughs> and then she goes to the car, the Target customer service and they bring it out to her and she goes, oh no. She goes, there's something wrong right there. There's a mark. And they said, I think that's his tooth. <laughs> uh, this is to me sort of classic grandparent thing of like i don't know why my grandkid wants that but i'll do anything to get it exactly <laughs> like my dad with cabbage patch kids yeah yeah oh. and this is this, this is why it's so valuable to have uh, jen here in the uh the news control room talking with us because i don't think this is an experience joseph and i are going to have anytime soon of looking for a kid's wookie toy with a tooth mark on it. Maybe. I don't want to count you out, Joseph, but I don't know. This, no, is, a, this I mean, is a good experience for Jen to share. I don't know if, if I want to try a different uh, life career at some point. Being a, a toy bounty hunter sounds like fun. <laughs> well, Galactic Pals, we'll find out more about that. Joseph, uh, maybe you've surprised me. Now I have a collection of Galactic Pals. Anything else in your Star Wars adventure? <laughs> well, I'm going to be Googling away, and it might be that I want my Star Wars adventure next week to be going on a 
bounty hunt and run to find cute Wookiees uh, to purchase. Uh, But this weekend, uh, I had a good uh, life adventure. Almost everything ends up kind of being a Star Wars connected venture in some way, which is really great and really fun. But um, I've been planning for a long time to do a writing retreat. Um, I really try to write every day, but I have so many different things that I want to work on. And it can be really hard to find a find time to really, really focus you know i just i think so much of our world is that way with social media and different things that are kind of (laughs) wiring our brain to be like unless i'm doing three things i'm dropping the ball uh but for me especially like bigger writing projects it really works well to just have a a big chunk of time a lot of writers are like do two pages a day and they're just like i want as much time as possible to write as much of the thing at once (laughs) (laughs) uh so my wife very kindly supported me in doing this, uh, just got a hotel room with a kitchen and some frozen pizzas <laughs> mm. and just stayed locked in a hotel room uh, writing most of the weekend. And uh, one of the ways that it was uh, Star Wars related is this particular script I'm working on uh, has some action figure uh, content. So I brought some specific action figures <laughs> to inspire oh. me. Uh, I feel very lucky that like nobody, you know, checks your bags at hotels. They're like, OK, we don't know why you're staying here, sir, but you have a computer three action figures and many frozen pizzas what are you doing in here (laughs) (laughs) sounds like Uh, the start to a great movie (laughs) i had a good time in there is is what happened uh yeah very very lucky yeah so uh, in one of the action figures is this obi-wan kenobi i've mentioned many times it's the revenge of the sith uh pilot from 2005 but he's just a great Mm. obi-wan kenobi figure take the little comes with the headset but i've never put the headset on because he just looks awesome and he's been a a friend on many desks so i was like he's gotta come with me and uh it was great uh to have him there have uh obi-wan in a martini and some writing time and i was uh very happy that's wonderful obi-wan and a martini that pairs nicely <laughs> it's a nice pairing yeah so i was very lucky to do that that was kind of the big all-consuming adventure for me how about you ken uh you know what uh it was uh in fact, actually, I didn't didn't realize when uh, this episode airs, it'll be my birthday. So uh, I'm right. celebrating by sleeping in. Uh, that's um, <laughs> from I'm from the past to tell me of the future. You get to sleep in. Uh, so you know, uh, it's a working birthday. It's one of those times. That it's a busy uh, stretch of the year, so it's going to be fun. I'm going to celebrate a little bit later in the week with with friends. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I did take some moments, and I was trying to race through uh lego skywalker saga we did the big uh discussion of that recently in force center but just when i hadn't played that far uh we we, we got a few levels few stories in but now i'm like i gotta finish i want to because i want to explore and i gotta I, I i love playing the force awakens level but i got i don't know not even cynical i just some of the missions were boring me a little bit and I, I found myself putting the controller down. I was like, I don't know. I, I love the game, but it maybe, maybe I don't love it as much as I thought. Then I got to Octo hmm. and hmm. Holy moly. Uh, <laughs> forget the story mode or the level. It just transported me that thing that I love. And I talk about how I love maps or, you know, love crawling around Jabba's palace on battlefront games. And man, I literally, because you, you know you're with Ray and, and Chewie's following you around, just the faithful Wookiee, just following you around. <laughs> I explored that island uh, from pillar to post, and wondering how accurate it is. I mean, it's really accurate, but you know, it's that point of like, how is that? How far the caretaker village was was from the uh, Prime <laughs> Jedi? Uh, I think, and it's it was fascinating. And and there again, so just when I was maybe the game was, you know, I was maybe tiring out of the game or something was happening in my head, my heart took over. And just the joy of of being on that island, Porgs 
flying around, kind of bothering mm. you at times. Caretakers being really upset at your presence. Uh, a lot of cool <laughs> things like that. It just uh, reconnected those little parts of Star Wars joy uh, where you just can be transported to a, a location in a movie and, and, and want to actually be there and then get to feel like you're there. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That is so great to hear because I really love playing the Lego game and I haven't had any more time with it. But that's the that's the thing that really drives me is just the thought of like, what, I can I can walk around yeah. <laughs> and look at the Prime Jedi uh, on the floor? Oh, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And when you play with, with Rey, she's a scavenger. So like the scavenger class of, of, of characters, you get you can build a glider and mm. fly. So I, I kept going to the highest point I could without falling off. And then I'd glide down as far as the glider would let me. And I just kept doing it over and over until I realized ah, I probably should get back to the story. But a lot of fun. Oh, a lot of fun. So fun. So, yeah. You glide. You glide. Tomorrow it's your birthday. You glide as much as you want. It's your birthday. Glide some more, Ray. Uh, I will do it. I will do that. Uh, there you go. Some Star Wars adventures, Galactic Pals, Ray gliding, frozen pizzas in a hotel room. It's the true Star Wars experience here. We're going to get some <laughs> Star Wars news. And we're going to start with this one here. Uh, a 20-second a clip turns into Kenobi news because... I think that's what we all love. We love when uh, actors are out promoting other things. They mention a comment because they uh, mention something in a comment because they're going to get asked about Star Wars and something that they're in. And uh, then we got news. Uh, the news cycle spins into high gear. Live action Grand Inquisitor himself, Rupert Friend, was promoting Anatomy of a Scandal. And, of course, was asked about Kenobi. Uh, Friend called the show and Ewan's performance a treat for fans of the originals. Put a pin in that thought. Uh, he said it was full of cameos and Easter eggs galore and called it a, quote, thrilling ride. So general thoughts and then specific thoughts on he does go on. He mentions kind of Alec Guinness, but I originals, prequels. It was interesting to hear that word uh, in describing the Kenobi series. Uh, anyways, general thoughts. Joseph, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think as always, uh, for me, uh, these are exciting tidbits, and I always want to take them with a a, a grain of uh, salt from the perspective of you know, yes, he was an actor. Like if you watch, I watched the whole video that I could find that he is, you know, he's on the floor at some event promoting something else. So like, yeah. I think it's always important when we're parsing that words to be like, <laughs> this actor had something else on their mind and was stopped and you know <laughs> said some things and yeah. and you know. Uh, maybe the words aren't, you know, always like I have looked right. it up in the Star Wars dictionary and verified this is exactly accurate. So uh, I always approach these things that way. What I really loved, it, everything he said about Kenobi was great. But what I really loved is uh, the rest of the video is him talking really thoughtfully about uh, the thing he's actually promoting. This uh, show, Anatomy of a Scandal, where he plays a, a not great human being and is talking mm. about uh, how much uh, he had long conversations before joining the, the project of why tell this story and who is this person who has done really bad things? And why do we want to spend time understanding a, a bad person who would do bad things? And just for me, the kind of the, clearly the kind of actor that he is, that's a really thoughtful about it made me super excited about him playing grand inquisitor. It made me excited about, are we going to get into a little bit of grand inquisitor background, mm. you know, this character. And I know there is a lot out there, but there's a lot to pull from from if he has a tortured background and for me it was just a little bit of hope that grand inquisitor is going to be a real character not just an adversary you know mm. not just mm -hmm. an obstacle for kenobi to get past but they uh hired this great actor this thoughtful actor that makes me feel like maybe there's a little bit of room to kind of dig in absolutely i, lo I love that 
I love that idea. And Jen, you're doing your big Rebels rewatch, so you got to spend yes. some time with the Grand Inquisitor uh, recently in, in his past, the Jedi Temple Guard past, a uh, little bit what's going on with him. Uh, any thoughts on uh, on that there? Yeah, I mean, that is such a great point, Joseph. I was really struck in that interview, how, like you're saying, how thoughtful he was, and now how Star Wars actors are speaking in Star Wars. I think he even said the word Star Wars canon, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure. You know, he knows the importance of cameos, of Easter eggs. And what I liked about it was that he respects the material. He respects the material. He respects the fans. And this is the second interview now where I really, I see that respect and I like it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because a lot of times people will say, oh, these are popcorn movies, whatever, or popcorn shows. But like you're saying, they can really go deep. These have some incredibly deep uh, and important messages and characters. Um, And so uh, this is this is more than just, you know, some uh, space opera. Right. Mm -hmm. So I I liked that about him. And obviously it shows that they're getting really good media training, too. So that Mm -hmm. uh, appreciate (laughs) that. Um, But, yeah, when he said that, I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to freeze frame this show uh, like every scene we're gonna be look at that okay oh did they did they say someone's name oh is that so-and-so in the background like <laughs> i love it makes for you know lots of repeat viewings yeah yeah absolutely that originals thing uh, mm-hmm. i i kind of almost felt like he he de- he had mentioned alec guinness but when he said the originals or something about it in the context that i felt like maybe that is the first time we were hearing the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy in total being called the originals Yes, yeah. I think I'm having that reaction to it, and it, but I love it. I love that reaction. Uh, I just, yeah, you're right. It was, I think, maybe the first time I, I, I've heard that. Yeah, because it mm-hmm. didn't feel like he was like this. Isn't like those prequels he was in before. He wasn't like that. He was like, mm-hmm. you know, all all the other Obi Wan stuff. It's really building on that. Yeah, that's such a good point because I think that it was for a long time. It was a way for people to say, you know. Uh, to, to basically, you know, minimize, oh, those are the prequels, right? Without even right. realizing it, it kind of became this, this neg- had a negative connotation. So the fact that he's all putting it together as it should be, right? <laughs> yeah. That was, oh, it's so great. Great observation. Yeah, it was uh, fun to think about there. Now, of course, he dropped uh, this word cameo, Easter eggs we get, <laughs> but cameo, and look, uh, Rupert Friend knows what, uh, you know, s- the SAG distinction between uh, guest star <laughs> recurring and cameo, uh, <laughs> and, you know, it can be confusing. But what do we make of that word? And then we get get into, uh, will this run into uh, run us all back into the great cameo debate that Mando season two and Bad Batch, among other things, uh, kind of got the fandom swimming around in. So what do you make of that? Jennifer cameos in, 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 in Kenobi. Are you expecting anything specific? Do you, do you think he's just thrown that as a casual term? What's your thoughts on that? I think there's going to be, uh, I don't want to say a lot of cameos, but I would hope that we would see some familiar faces. I mean, I like all types of cameos, right? You right. can have somebody in the background, like Muff Tack, you know, like drinking, drinking something in the background. <laughs> That's great. Give me that. But I yeah. also love the cameos where it's maybe a little bit more um, like Dr. Evazin and Ponda Baba in Rogue One, right? Like yeah. Yeah. their cameos, it added to their backstory. It of uh, being wanted men, it gave context to like the decraniated. So there, there's a, even though it's just a short moment, it actually served a very good purpose. So mm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm happy with both types though. I, give give yeah. give me all of them. I don't care, but <laughs> but I like it. I like it. It makes me excited for that. Yeah, and then I want to come back to you, Jen, uh, in a second here about just the overall debate because uh, you weren't uh, on the Bad Batch report with us and everything when this when this mm. debate was just uh, like a, a, a fire raging through the fandom on uh, cameos <laughs> and the purpose of it there. But but Joseph, uh, your thoughts on that word as it, as it relates to the Kenobi show. Yeah, I, I think I'm just, I try to be mindful of, I think the way we use some terms are shifting, you know, mm. and being yes. used to reference yes. lots of things. I think, uh, I don't think cameo and Easter egg have as defined a meaning. I think people kind of, um, you know, interpret them differently. Like I remember when Solo came out and there was a kind of like, is that an Easter egg or a reference that he mentioned mm. a, a thermal detonator? And like, to me, that's not an Easter egg. That's the, what one of the kinds of grenades is called in Star Wars, you know? Anybody yes. who uses a gun is not a reference to Godfather, <laughs> you know? So sometimes to me, I think there are kind of shifting interpretations. And I, Jennifer, I think you're so right to kind of talk about different cameos, right? Like mm-hmm. a, a cameo can be like, yeah, they just, they pop on for a second and it's a fun blip and maybe it's meaningful, maybe it's not, you know, R5D4 and Mando or Ponda hmm. Baba and Dr. Evazan or, you know, a truly a, a fun background character that, oh, wow, if you didn't know that was that character fun. Uh, but then there's like, um, I think we're using the word cameo for things that like, you know, Ahsoka in in Mandalorian mm-hmm. season two, I think sometimes gets lumped in. And there are so many cameos like that's not a cameo. She was vital to the plot. And part of the story was about her. You know, that's a guest starring. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm really mindful of, you know, that that could mean a lot of a lot of things. And even the way he said it, uh, the the wonderful cameos from people I obviously can't tell you, like, is he talking characters or actors, you know? Right. Uh, like maybe right. maybe this is a Daniel Craig like of like it's not it's it's not about mm. the character. It's about it's a it's a fun here. We, we need a barfly at Chalman's. Yeah, <laughs> and it's Nicolas yeah. Cage. <laughs> you know, oh, it, it, it's Nicolas oh Cage gosh. voicing a Rodian or whatever. You know, like that. Oh, that's a cameo, right? Um, yeah, yeah. In, in terms of predictions, I, I think it, that there is a, a strong possibility of Ian McDermott as Palpatine. We've talked about it um, mm-hmm. yeah. other places. Uh, Ian McDermott had this sort of um, uh, fun cheeky. You never know. Um, <laughs> but I think it, I think it's a, a cameo in terms of the definition of cameo as a short appearance. <laughs> uh, it makes a lot of sense to me because I think uh, he, he's such a pressure point on Vader. Uh, you know, the story of Anakin really wanting uh, a father figure and needing that. And he had two father figures. He had Kenobi <laughs> and then he had yeah. Palpatine who manipulated him. But now he's in this point in his life where he knows how much Palpatine manipulated him. And if Kenobi is trying to get through Vader, it seems to kind of make a uh, narrative sense to Vader's soul to feature some interaction with this, you know, anchor to the dark side, uh, physically seeing Palpatine, you know? And I think if Palpatine has any inclination, Kenobi is still alive. He's got opinions about that. Kenobi's a problem for him. He knows Kenobi is a risk, you know? So Mm -hmm. just one scene with a hollow call between Vader and Palpatine makes sense to me. Absolutely does. Uh, Jen, any, any names pop to mind? And then, and then we'll ask about the, this cameo debate. I can't even think of of any names. Palpatine, I forgot. I, there, you know, there's so many things kind of floating around with Ahsoka mm-hmm. and uh, the the Andor show, and obviously Obi Wan. And I'm like, oh, I, uh, who who are we going to see next? I don't <laughs> honestly. I I don't know. I just think it would be fun, like you're saying in Shalman's Cantina, to see to see one of those aliens, or that yeah. would just be yeah. a fun little nod. 
No, yeah. let me ask, would you think that like Max Rebo, I don't feel like Max Rebo is necessary in uh, the book of Boba Fett. I don't really feel of him as a cameo. Would you say so? I know the star of the show. <laughs> absolutely what I would say. yeah I no like no I, just, like, I, a part of that world so it if, makes if, sense if, if he's there yeah to me if the camera had panned by and you saw the band playing once and you never dealt with them heard of him again she never said his name then i'd be like that's eh, a cameo to me it was like max was alive and well and maybe still yeah. will be uh in 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 in, in star wars storytelling Yeah, I think it's such a big difference between, like, character and actor, and maybe that's one of the shifting ways that we're using that word, is like, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, Max Rebo is a character, and yeah, we know him before, uh, from before, but he's a part of the world building and the culture of Tatooine, and, like, when I think Mm -hmm. of cameo, I think of, like, you know, in the Star Trek movie, now I'm forgetting the actor's name, in the sixth Star Trek movie, there was, you know, a famous actor who had, like, he told one of the other characters that, to report to the bridge, and it's like, hey, it's famous guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, I'm just spacing on his name uh which it it doesn't matter so uh i'll think of it later but it used to be about that like he doesn't have a major role this this famous actor just loves star trek so a role that anybody would normally play that's just literally like a sir you were needed on the bridge is given to a famous person that's a cameo but then when it's about a character it feels different to me because it's world building Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you, you mentioned two examples I, I love already. The D- Daniel Craig was a cameo in Force Awakens and a damn good one. Still one of my favorite moments. Um, but uh, the thermal detonator thing, and I remember you talking about during the solo review days, that's that's not an Easter egg. That's a grenade in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's referencing maybe other things that might happen with them. I, I, I can get that. Uh, yeah, yeah, put, it, it it has a connection to the Leia Bush thing. Yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to play. Yeah, we're not we're going to deny that. But yeah, I, I think you, I think you're right, and I think I think it is one of those examples of, of a word, and 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 there's a lot in in our society now. Uh, I guess you could blame social media because why not? But I just think the way things go, the, the meaning does does shift because. I, you know, I'm thinking like Palpatine to me is, uh, is, is a very realistic possibility, but so's like uh, young bigs. And I'd call that like a little mm. character cameo. Yeah. This is an actor right. cameo that works. Kitster. There's gotta be a oh Kitster, right? No, major character, major character. Christian Slater is the actor. Yes. I think. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. It's oh, right. Christian Slater, isn't it? Right. Yes. No. And yeah, I, oh my gosh, I was in the theater for Undiscovered Country and was like, Hey, it's Christian Slater. And that was it. It was done. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if they, yeah. I hope it's Chalman's Cantina. It's chock full of aliens we know from New Hope. And then just with no other makeup, Nick Cage is just there. Just being Nick Cage. In the That's corner. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, Jen, your thoughts. Again, I, when, I, when I say, uh, you know, you, uh, you, weren't around, you just weren't covering Bad Batch with us. And that was part of the discussion. Part of Mando season two had that and definitely Book of Boba Fett. Uh, mm-hmm. Your thoughts, uh, uh, catch us up with your thoughts on this great debate on cameo. Again, whatever that term means, but other characters showing up in other shows and what that the, the positives and negatives of that in your mind. I like it. Um, I, you know, if they serve a like if they serve a purpose, I think for those, for the animated shows specifically, I think that it, it's helpful. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit later on about Boba Fett. Um, Mm -hmm. Or are we? Yes, we are. (laughs) Well, I am. I'm going to talk about him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was. Uh, But yeah, I mean, thinking about Boba Fett and the the Clone Wars, that's not a cameo per se, but like bringing in this other character, you Mm know, I remember at the time I was like, Oh, Okay, but I, now I see the importance of it, um, and so I I think it's important to 
I mean, we can't all have brand new characters all the time. We got to bring, let's play with all the toys that we have, right? <laughs> it just makes sense. And so, but I, I do know, and I haven't watched um, all of the Bad Batch, but I do know that there was some criticism around a lot of the cameos, correct? Yeah, no, there there was, and and I think I I think I come down on the side of 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 case by case basis. Measure their weight to the story. Measure what they're bringing to the main characters or character, and 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 what the main characters take from them. And I think time after time again, in in Bad Batch, uh, and Book of Boba, but Bad Batch, I, I think it served great purpose for the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and but that's not everyone shared that opinion, which again, totally fine, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get the concern that uh, I I don't even think of any of those as cameos for myself, for my own definition right. of cameo. Yeah. I think of those as uh, guest stars or, you know, yeah. people in the galaxy that uh, other characters encounter or because they travel in the same circle or want the same thing. And I get the concern that uh, sometimes fans feel like it makes the galaxy too small, that the same, you know, uh, 25 people in whatever time era are always bumping into each other. Uh, Hondo knows everybody. <laughs> and there's a time yeah, of the Clone Wars where nobody that. could turn around without Hondo being a hello. Uh, but I don't mind because I love Hondo. So I get that concern. And I know that there's a hunger, I think, for people wanting to stay super, super focused on who, whatever the core cast is. Mm-hmm. Um but I think I'm just kind of okay. Maybe it's because I love the Clone Wars so much. And the Clone Wars is just, it's got the spine of Ahsoka, Anakin, Obi-Wan. But then it's just, it's an anthology and it just goes wherever it wants. And I'm kind of okay with that for myself. Yeah. Yeah. A- any thoughts uh, to what makes a great cameo? Again, that definition can be loose. But thinking in, in the smaller scale ones, the Daniel Craig one comes to mind again because I loved it so much. Especially because I couldn't believe I missed that the first viewing. <laughs> Just <laughs> everything about it screams James Bond. Everything about right. it, including the news stories that he was on set. Like, oh, how could I miss that? Uh, any ideas, uh, Joseph, what to you makes a great cameo in Star Wars? Yeah, I mean, the Daniel Craig is absolutely great, the FN 1824, because it is just recognizable enough, that great, uh, you know, voice. And and his chops, his comedy chops really add to that moment. And my last yeah. one, you know, yeah. is so, so great. Um, I think uh, Justin uh, Thoreau is the codebreaker, uh, is the master oh, codebreaker. That's yeah, a really that's great so one. Good. I think that's, maybe that's like a, a power and the fun of cameos when they're at their height for me like the christian slater example is like it's cool that christian slater was powerful enough to just be like i don't care i want to be on in star trek so i will tell Mm -hmm. somebody to get out of bed um but Mm -hmm. the code breaker one uh plays on a little bit of our knowledge of justin throw like he's Mm -hmm. got that vibe of you know being Mm -hmm. a kind of uh, polished you know elegant guy um, that's not all of his roles. Uh, I don't know if he was polished and elegant while co-writing Iron Man 2. Uh, but, you know, it made sense for who he was, who yeah. he is. Right. Yeah. And that took me, I was like, is that Justin Theroux? Like, oh, <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, but that was a great one. You know, another cameo, I, I think I would consider it a cameo, is uh, Jason Sudeikis um, in Ooh, Mandalorian. Yeah. Remember, he punches yeah. he punches Grogu, right? Yeah. yeah he and he's still Grogu. working in this industry. How is that possible? <laughs> That one was so funny. I mean, I feel like that was that before Ted Lasso or simultaneously. Uh, mm. I mean, because Jason Sudeikis had always kind of played those types of like jer- jerky kind of characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, now we have a different side to him with Ted Lasso. Uh, but that was I mm. thought that was a really fun one. I love that. That was one. great. I think he's super, super great in all of his roles. 
Yeah. yeah I, look, I think the greatest cameo of all time is Rick McCallum in The Phantom Menace at the end of the <laughs> film there. Oh, <laughs> receiving George. everyone on the boo with Ben Burtt standing next to him. I, mean, I think that's the greatest one. Uh, I think you nailed it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of what makes uh, makes it fun when it is a true cameo, uh, an actor cameo. The character ones, the background ones are always Always fun. Even even something like, uh, you know, uh, EV99 showing up. You mentioned R5. Even that, uh, you know, even a BD unit or whether it's BD1, I still never figured out where they came down on that, if it is the same. But, it, it, you know, those things are, are fun as well, where it brings that little, little you know, little uh, spurt of joy uh, and, and you kind of yeah. move on. And it doesn't take away from the story. Yeah, agreed. There we go. Well, that is our first story of the day. Uh, just looking at uh, Kenobi. We can't wait. That's what we're talking about, Kenobi. At the end of the day, Kitster's there or not, we're just excited to get to Kenobi. <laughs> Before we take a quick break, we're going to recommend an audiobook for you. Joseph, what do we got today? We are recommending Queen's Hope by E.K. Johnston, the next great Padme adventure. That's right, it is, and uh, we are going to be looking at it next week. So get it, uh, get it before we review it, so you can follow along with us. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com/forcecenter. Again, that's audibletrial.com/forcecenter for your free audiobook. All right, uh, all right, quick break, and we'll be back to talk more news here on Forcecenter. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to Four Center, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. It is uh, the newsroom of our galaxy. We are uh, looking at uh, this uh, story here. I didn't even put a, a headline on it. I just, I was so excited <laughs> to get to it. Looking at my notes here. Uh, this is uh, now about the High Republic and Phase 2 of the High Republic is on the way. Uh, this we know. We got a little tease of what's to come on the Star Wars High Republic show with Christina Arial and a bunch of uh, High Republic authors, including some of the, the newer ones uh, who are joining the team. Uh, Tessa Gratton, George Mann, among others. Many were featured on that show. Check out that clip. Uh, we recommend that. As, uh, as we know, the second uh, phase takes the story 150 years back, at least at the start. We'll see where it all ends up. And we have cover art for the new YA novel Path of Deceit, co-written by Justina Ireland and her pal, New High Republic author Tessa Gratton. And through that, we learn of a new Pantoran Jedi, simply called Mother, a new Everini character, called Marta Rowe, related to Markeon Rowe. I put three question marks because you think so, <laughs> but they didn't exactly say that. And we'll be, uh, we will be going back to the planet Dalna to meet the group uh, The Path of the Open Hand. Those are uh, some of the bigger reveals of it there. Now, uh, Jed, I, you know, let's flip this around. I, I think we want to bring you in here because uh, uh, I, 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 I know with your life schedule and, and raising two Padawans, I, you might not have been able to spend a ton of time with the High Republic. Am I correct <laughs> in assuming that? Oh my gosh. I watched that. I watched that episode of the High Republic, and I was like, I have no idea. It was very <laughs> jarring for me. Uh, I consider. I think I know a little, know a lot about Star Wars. I did not know anything about yeah. what she was saying. And I, I here's the thing. I actually this has been on my radar mainly because people are so excited they're constantly sharing their enthusiasm for these characters they're really passionate about these storylines so i'm like i, I want to dive in so i have the light of the jedi i've had it on my nightstand for like mm. I mean, a while now but i finally yeah. di- uh, dove in last week Ooh. and i'm i'm really enjoy. i'm so excited i mean yeah. it's like this it's this whole other side of the galaxy uh mm-hmm. timeline world that i get to explore it's thrilling yeah i mean Light of the jedi i still i still think i call my favorite uh star wars book of recent years it's so really? good wow. yeah. i think it's it's just a, a such a it's a great introduction to everything that is kind of at stake and all of the themes and ideas that they're going to be wrestling with in the high republic but it's also just the way it's written is just a, such a 
cinematic Star Wars novel. It's it it's yeah. still a book. It's still mm-hmm. great prose, but just the way it's structured, like every page, I was just like flipping. Like uh, mm-hmm. I could hear the Star Wars theme. It just has such great motion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's well, and that's been what, a while. Yeah. That's what I want to know from you, Jen. Here, you you are a non-casual Star Wars fan, but you are, <laughs> are forced to kind of have a ca- casual point of view and perspective on the High Republic, and you're picking up on other people's joy. Uh, forget the names you don't know. You're definitely right. sensing that. And what does that mean to you as a Star Wars fan? It it's I'm excited because it's cohesive. So the the, the passion actually reminds me of the, the olden days yeah. uh, with you know um, the the before times uh, the Thrawn trilogy and stuff like <laughs> that. EU stuff, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The EU stuff. And I remember at that time I I read some of the books, but it felt like it just was it was a lot. It was kind of like all over the place. But this is cohesive and there's, you know, recurring characters that show up. And and that to me was really exciting because I I need to have that kind of like uh, through line. I need to know what's going on. Um, Mm. And I've been hearing people talk about skier, skier, there's all sorts of crazy villains. Um, It's real talk about new, you know, there, this is all brand new. And that to me is really um, something to look forward to. I can't wait. Awesome. Great. Yeah. yeah. So when we say the name Markeon Rowe, you really don't know. I had no idea. But I'll tell that's, you what, that cover art, that yeah. is beautiful. It's like really right. also fantasy. I don't know if the other books mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. like that. Does it kind of have like a fantasy feel to it? Like the books, um, would you say I or think- no? I think it's I think it's really there's an effort, I think, to really match the space fantasy of Star Wars. Like mm. so I think there are elements that are definitely like um uh, uh, not as science fiction as some of the novels sometimes are that it's really rooted in the like weird monsters are going to show up. We just read one where, it was, what was it, Ken? Ice gators? Ice <laughs> gators. Ice gators, yes. but ice gators, like alligators. You know, it's yeah. it's really, I think, making an effort to embrace that this is not science fiction. Star Wars, uh, you know, hasn't been science fiction. It's that very pulpy fantasy. And I think because this phase two is jumping back in time, and it's a real kind of frontier story where maybe the Jedi are encountering planets and cultures that they haven't necessarily had a lot of contact with because uh, it's frontier times. I think there might be even more of that discovering strange new worlds vibe. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That checks out. That checks out. Well, Joseph, th- th- let me ask you this. What are you, general thoughts on those reveals here? And then we'll talk about what we might want to get from this information from this time period uh <laughs> thoughts on mother and marta Rowe and going back to dalna yeah yeah well i i really like the title um because yeah. they're they're doing such a great job of they've got people invested in uh these characters and now even the re- relatives of characters we've met and then they give them the the titles that always sound like something bad's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> path of deceit is that gonna have a happy ending mm. um so uh, I have not read the Markian Row two-part comic yet. Um, this is, if you want to be completist, it is a lot to, to catch up yeah. with. Um, so there might be some more details, you know, that I haven't read yet in that comic. Uh, but in, in a lot of the storytelling with him, there's always been this suggestion uh, that I remember that his family or his culture or his people were wronged in some mm-hmm. way by the Jedi in that uh, these this initial conflict with the Nile, a lot of the Nile are just kind of treating it like uh, the Jedi are space do-getters are in his way. And Mark Yenro has more of that attitude of like, sure, think that, 
it's personal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think a, a big thing hanging over this jump to the past is learning a little bit more about that. So seeing a relative of Mark Yanro is super exciting in seeing that it's this, this woman who uh, looks so um, coded to be such a, a, a good person, right? Like yeah. <laughs> looks yeah. kind, holding flowers, uh, flowing, you know, kind gown, like just her face looks kind. And it makes me excited for that story that Star Wars is so good at telling that villains aren't just born villains. You know, the Rose aren't mm -hmm. the evil family that people yeah. become villains when they make bad choices. So seeing a relative of, of Mark Yans Rose, who is not a villain is really exciting. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And, and, and it's, it is familiar territory for, for Star Wars and a little bit, but I think that's what I love. And, and Mark Yans been so different and because there's such direct hurt from the Jedi, uh, and, you know, that's been inferred. And I have read issue one of the Mark Yan Rowe comic and, and very good so far. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested how it all ties in and, and Dalna being a place where maybe the Jedi made a boo-boo. Uh, and that comes up from now uh, time, time and time again. And just uh, the Jedi, how they can go back and, and how we're going to learn about that and then maybe pick back up and, and they, uh, you know, Jedi have to make some adjustments and ho hopefully they can as an order. I, I'm excited by that, especially going to Dalna being, you know, getting a little bit more of the story. They've done such a great job. As Jen said, it's very cohesive. Jen, you're very right. It's a cohesive no, good. story oh. with little things that you start picking up and, and it does get overwhelming at times, but then you're like, oh, that, that, that little morsel, I think we're going to go back and, and get the full meal. And this is, uh, this is what I'm very excited for phase two. Yeah, yeah. The path of the open hand. I love that turn of phrase. And I'm really hoping with this sort of uh, frontier aspect and some of the hints that have been in, in in the books about Jedi having some conflict with some different cultures who have a different attitude toward the Force. Uh, there's some in, uh, suggestions of that on a, on another planet as well as this Dalna conflict. So a, a, a name of a group of the path of the open hand sounds to me like a group with a different philosophy of the Force or, or else yeah. just a different philosophy of life and culture mm. and i'm they've been such a good job of making these books exciting and fun and action um but also like really diving into the philosophy of the force and the jedi and i i just kind of can't wait for more of that i i can't either and and jen uh maybe you'll you'll catch up you know there's only like I 19 books 32 <gasps> comics <laughs> no that's i'm like i'm so far behind but it does make me wonder do you think that they're gonna maybe turn this into anything live action animated could you see that or is it just too is it just its own thing really i think I, that I they mean, might play in yeah. the era um mm. i think they've created some elbow room to uh you know w without spoilers like a lot of the uh the uh, the the main books the well they're they're all important but a lot of the adult reader books yeah uh, like light of the jedi uh are kind of based around an event and then the other books are kind of how all these different characters reacted to that event which creates oh. this great storytelling space where like you know there's kind of this main event that happens in light jedi that light of the jedi that kicks it off and there's plenty of room to just someday say like this is a story of this other jedi and that this is how it affected them Mm, yeah that's interesting yeah and i'm in a weird spot where like i i remember finishing light of the jedi i might have even said it on, on our review show but just like almost bummed it was a book it was so good it, which mm. is you know uh, i don't that's not uh, with any negative connotation just like god oh, that was so good i i saw every page in my mind uh, maybe that should have been a movie maybe and i started having those doubts about it the more we read the more we're into it, even with the comics, you get a little visual feel for it. You know, uh, you, you can see what some of the characters look like and not just have to imagine them, which I often fail at doing that. Well, uh, I, I, um, 
I almost don't want it ever to go live action. I almost cringe when I say that. And, and, I, and I know, and I, yeah, but because some people might be, might be upset with that or something, but, and I know there's the thing of the acolyte is the, at the end of the era, I still contend that that's not good. That's going to be its own thing. That it's mm. just in that time period. And they kind of said that because it, you know, my canon junkies might know it crosses over on the calendar, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I interpret that right now as just like there's in the storytelling, they're breaking down the eras and yeah. that's the era it happens in. Not like you should expect to see specific characters pop up or anything like that. Yeah. Cameos. Yeah. <laughs> Cameos. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Any other general thoughts there on phase two or anything on that uh, cover? Joseph, Jennifer. Uh, I'm just motivated to catch up on the last bits of phase one. I still need to read. Uh, got a few yeah. comic books. Same. Oh. Same. I know. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's and a I do lot. think, I, I don't know, I don't know about live action. I do think maybe some sort of like omnibus version of this story, like once it's mm-hmm. all done mm-hmm. uh, to be like, hey, you can't read the whole, every one of these books, but maybe you can kind of get a gist of it in some way. I think there is an opportunity there. Yeah. Okay. That could work. That could work. And that, one final thought, Jen, to you, going back to this idea of, of where your position is on it, just not being able to get into it. Do you, do you feel, uh, other than celebrating other people's joys, I know you do as a Star Wars fan, uh, do you truly feel left out? Do you just have to chalk it up? I just, I'm never going to really get to it. And that's just the way it's going to be. And, and uh, you know, you're, you're more up on Galactic Pals than me and Joseph, at least for right now. So it's a you know, turnabout fair play, yeah. I guess. You know, yeah. Do you, do you feel it all in, th- in that way? Like, it's it, I can't, I just can't catch up. You know, back in the day, I would have said yes, but I'm channeling Hansel. Never tell me the odds, even though it's all these <laughs> things I have to do. But no, I mean, look at it. It's taken me this long now to get into mm. Star Wars Rebels, and I love it. And yeah. um, so I'm going to make time. Because it's it's these this world that I love and getting to I, as that cover again I go back to that cover I'm like who are these characters I want to know and it's not I can't just dive right into that book I got to know the whole thing so that's why I'm I'm determined to to do it I mean didn't that one character have like elf ears I was so intrigued <laughs> you're right yeah so, I'm into it. Love it. Love it. Well, we are uh, in your corner there. No odds, uh, no odds given. How about that? <laughs> See what happens there. Now for our final story, we're going to uh, go back a little old school. Jen, you uh, really want to talk about this story. So like the old days, you're going to lead us through the final story of today. Oh my gosh. It feels so official. <laughs> well, so uh, Bryce Dallas Howard recently did an interview with Romper where she shared her Star Wars memories and answered some questions about the Mandoverse. Uh, it's a really fun, short interview. Uh, and the interviewer's uh, children were a part of it, which also made it uh, equally delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that Star Wars has always been a part of her life, thanks to her dad's pal, George Lucas. Um, when she was a kid, she got a Star, a Star Wars figure for Christmas every year, even before she had seen the movies. Um, and later on, she became good friends with Natalie Portman because they went to summer camp together when they were 15. Uh, and then when Natalie went off to film the, the prequels, she invited Bryce to visit her on set. So she kind of has grown up around Star Wars. So by the time that she got on board for The Mandalorian, she said that she didn't realize how much she actually knew about Star Wars. Um, (laughs) 
Now, when it comes to Star Wars knowledge, she said that Dave Filoni knows Star Wars better than anyone, other than George Lucas, of course. But the big reveal from this story, and the reason why it was all over my Twitter timeline, uh, hmm. came when the interviewer's 12-year-old son told Bryce that he loves the Clone Wars. And she told him, quote, you're going to love the Ahsoka show that's coming up. I cannot tell you anything, but what I can say is that you being a fan of the Clone Wars will greatly be rewarded, end quote. So that is what people, oh, what does what is, what is this mean? <laughs> so some are speculating that maybe they're bringing back a character from the Clone Wars, maybe it's Rex, maybe some flashbacks between her and Anakin. So let's, let's speculate responsibly, shall we? Uh, let's start with Joseph. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> This is fun. Um, Joseph, <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts? Who do you, what do you think that this means? Yeah, I mean, much like the the Rupert friend, I always want to start with the grain of salt of like, I saw this all over my Twitter feed too. And it's like, I don't have time to read the article, but that's really fascinating. I wonder the tea leaves. And like, she's having a kind conversation with a 10 year old, right? right <laughs> just exactly. kind of got to put it in context, right? Because when you just mm-hmm. see it as clickbait, it's like, that's not a press release from Lucasfilm. That's a fun interview where she is kindly talking to a 10 year old fan. So I always just want to take the, the grain of salt approach to, you know, where did this quote come from? Right. But I think it could be a very general thing of yeah, the Clone Wars, if you love Clone Wars, you probably love Ahsoka, and this is all about Ahsoka. I think it could be really general. I also think with the reports of Hayden Christensen being involved, I think there's definitely a chance of a of Force Spirit uh, Anakin uh, uh, communing with Ahsoka, uh, or Ahsoka learning to commune, commune with Anakin. But I really do kind of think there will be an Anakin and Ahsoka in the Clone Wars flashback. I, mm-hmm. I think that there is a ton of narrative reason for that if you know ahsoka is still working through what happened to anakin um and thinking continuing on her path of how do i personally want to define being a jedi so there's there's a ton of narrative purpose and then i just kind of think dave filoni if he has the opportunity to do an anakin and ahsoka clone Wars scene in live action why would he not you know yeah yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a really good point. Ken, do you think it's, do you think there's going to be some cameos or maybe some uh, <laughs> well, scenes? I, it's so funny. Joseph mentioned that grain of salt starting point. Uh, you had emailed back. Uh, Jen was like, Hey, can we talk about uh, this story? I really like to. And, and I was like, Oh, I hadn't heard that story. And then I realized, Oh no, I had, I had seen some of those tweets. I just hadn't paid too much attention to them. And then, yeah, when you consider the source, she might just be saying, oh, you like Ahsoka. You're going to get uh, six episodes of Ahsoka. You're going <laughs> to right. like that. Um, right. So yeah, it's great. But yeah, uh, I, I do I do think in a weird way, it confirms some of those Rex thoughts and flat Anakin mm. Ahsoka flashback mm-hmm. thoughts in a way. It, it could not. It, it, it could be just totally on the surface, but because uh, it is the Floney of it all. Now, we don't know. Other than the, the Peter Ramsey story last week and, and Filoni, we don't know any of the other directors unless I'm mistaken. Um, I hope to God that Bryce Dallas Howard is one of the directors. That mm-hmm. was my next question. Yeah. I hope yes. to God that because that, that, right? that, she's so good and she's so good at getting so much out of uh, little tiny scenes and bringing her, her her perspectives and experiences. Just this interview shows uh, her warm heart and, and what she gets uh, about kids and their relationship to Star Wars, uh, I love that. So, yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm really excited for that. So that's that's wild speculation at this point, but it's also 
could be a safe bet. Anyway, as far as actual things, I'll just finish up with this thought. I think some sort of emotional resolution in, in, in some of the blank spots in that story, there's not a ton uh, because I think season seven really did a, a great job and took us right up to and through Revenge of the Sith in a way. So I, I something was Ahsoka and Anakin, Anakin in those moments that maybe we haven't seen or that we've imagined. Um, but also I'm, I'm, I'm also looking forward to the possibility of the Force Ghost Anakin too. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. four spirits a good possibility. I also I, I know I've said this before and almost every time we talk about Ahsoka, but I do think she's heading to Mortis eventually. But I don't think <laughs> that Bryce Dallas Howard leaned down to a 10 year old and like, you like the weird, creepy force planet? Well, <laughs> <laughs> kid, if you, you're you 10 years old, do you have a Mortis tattoo? You're going to love this. Like, I, I don't think that's what yeah. she was referencing. <laughs> Did you like Ahsoka? Yeah, she's going to be locked forever on a planet as a god. <laughs> Oh my God. What? What? <laughs> Can she get off? No. She'll be there forever. Or the She's going to choose to balance the force like a real hero. Oh, yeah. I love it. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a great, it's a great interview. It, and she just seems like such a, a kind, genuine person who just is enjoying herself you know, playing yeah. in the world of Star Wars and she's yeah. friends with all these people that make Star Wars. It's just, it's like a natural fit. And I'm like, all right, when, when are they going to hand her the reins to do a, a, a live action film? Come on. Mm. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. She's I, ready. On that as well. And I'm, I'm fascinated by celebrity summer camp stories. Oh, there's oh. always seems to be those kind of stories that pop up. Uh, you know, I went to this for that person. My, my favorite is Richard Lewis and Larry David hating each other at summer camp when they were 12 and then becoming <laughs> best friends in stand-up comedy later. Uh, oh, but this one's God. pretty fascinating. Natalie Portman at summer camp at 15 is that's prequel era, man. She's gearing up for she's gearing up for Phantom Menace. That is fascinating. That's a fascinating summer camp uh, story there. Love that. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, one last thing. You guys mentioned it at the top about the handrails. Right? Didn't he? Didn't yeah, yeah. the kid ask like, "Why are there no handrails in Star Wars?" And she's she said something effective. Oh, you'll find out. Yeah, right? I actually wrote that one down. What the kid says, it? "Yeah, I wanted to ask you why there are no handrails in Star Wars." And she says, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked me that. Uh, I can't tell you anything specific, but all I can say is keep watching." <laughs> it's such a great general answer, uh, it, it, but I, I keep imagining it being turned into clickbait of like confirmed. Hayden Christensen is playing a handrail in Ahsoka. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what is this? What is kind of storyline is this going to be revolving around the handrails? Okay. I, I'm quite frankly surprised we didn't get articles from some of those websites we are so used to seeing where it's like, confirmed Star Wars will answer handrail, handrail question in Ahsoka series. Surprised yeah. we didn't get that. Yeah, maybe maybe we will. Maybe, maybe we will. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, Jen, I thought, I think your 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 director question thoughts are, are so great um, about uh, if some of this, you know, the fact that she's talking about Ahsoka is an indication that she worked on it or something else. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I, I mean, to me, I'm like, if she's not working on it, well, that I mean, that I'll just be disappointed. But if she's not working on it, it just means that she's chatting with Dave Filoni a lot and she's hanging out with those people, even though she's not working. To me, it makes me think yeah. that she's like actively a part of that world. Either she's in pre-production or she's, she's there, you know, she's going to do something mm -hmm. else later on. And that gets me excited because <laughs> I like yeah. that. Cause I think she's a fantastic director. So yeah, yeah that yeah. was an interesting little, little tidbit. Yeah. Relationship mm -hmm. with him. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I really hope that she is doing some Ahsoka episodes, but it's also, I think, you know, the directors haven't been announced for Mando season three. So, you know, maybe she did something oh, there. Right. And I was also just thinking about like, if, if she is really in the loop, like you're saying, Jennifer, that, you know, it, it might be sort of uh, that the larger, the threads are coming together on the larger connections of the Mandoverse. Like I, mm-hmm. I like the way she called it the Boba Fett season, right? Like not yeah. Boba Fett separate show, <laughs> the yep. Boba Fett season that's part of this overall Mandoverse thing. And it made me feel like, is Ahsoka really, you know, tied to this whole bigger picture of this era? Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gosh, I love, I love this new era. There's just so many great creators. I mean, Deborah Chow, John, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Bryce. I just, it, it makes, it gives me hope, you know? Yeah. Uh, for a long time, we didn't know. And they really seem to be, you know, talking with each other, collaborating with each other, trying to make these stories all cohesive. There it is again. Um, I love that. And I know that that's what a lot of fans have been wanting for a long time. Yeah. And yeah, I think we're getting it. Mm Mm-hmm. We're getting it. So that, that, I feel like now should I end it? I don't have an ending. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that that wraps up the the news, that news portion. (laughs) It does. It does. We need a news gavel and (laughs) discuss no handrails at our newsroom here. We just jump off. Now, appreciate that, Jen. Thanks for pointing out that story. Great to read. I just love that Howard family. I just love that Howard family. I, I you know, mm-hmm. uh, Clint too. Love you too. <laughs> Star Wars, Clint. Uh, before we go, we'd like to uh, look at some Star Wars history. Looking ahead to Star Wars past. And on April 23rd, 2010, Boba Fett, that once mysterious bounty hunter in a mask, made his debut in the Clone Wars as a big part of the second season episode, Death Trap. When I say big part, it's pretty much his episode. Uh, considering <laughs> where we uh, ended up going with the character and the depths we explored with him as he changed in the Book of Boba Fett or the Book of Boba Fett season of the Mandoverse, <laughs> how did we feel then about his inclusion in the show and what's the value of it now? Go back to 2010, Jen. What were your Boba mm. Fett thoughts then? Hmm. I mean, I mean, I was like, oh, this is this is cool. It's introducing it to, you know, introducing him to the younger generation. Now, now yeah. I'm like, oh, thank goodness we had <laughs> young yeah. Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones in the Clone Wars. I mean, I it. I mean, I can't imagine watching. I don't think it, the book of Boba Fett would work without that. You know what I mean? Because mm, I do, it, it, I do. Right? It's just like we we get into the character's head. We learn how consumed he is by revenge. He's a troubled kid, rightfully so. He's angry at Mace Windu, <laughs> um, and so I, I I like getting to know his thought process, and it just makes the character that much more interesting. When we see him disillusioned in the book of Boba Fett, when we get those flashbacks of of him, you know, in Attack of the Clones, all of that works together beautifully. And it's all thanks to the prequels and the Clone Wars. So, Mm. yeah, Mm. they knew what they were doing. (laughs) Yeah, love that. Uh, Yeah, I I think you're right about, you know, the book of Boba Fett. uh, Not that it needed it, but it just, it used that so well. It used that past, used that character, used Daniel Logan so well. Yeah. And I really enjoy that. Uh, Joseph, your thoughts on Boba Fett in uh, 2010, if you can believe it was that long ago. Yeah, I can't remember when I first heard that he appeared in the Clone Wars because I was not watching the Clone Wars animated series as it aired. Right, right. Um, And sure, when I heard it, I was happy because in 2002, um, 
that was one of my favorite parts of Attack of the Clones. Uh, you know, I had, as we've talked about, I had plenty of criticisms and made jokes, but I just really loved Attack of the Clones because it was just so rich with the, you know, lore and canon and information about this galaxy and connections. And one of the things that I really loved is like when Boba Fett, you got the information of, oh, well, this is who Boba Fett is. He's a clone of Jango Fett and all this. Like, I remember sitting there in the theater going, oh, did I need that? Blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But then when it got to, Here's that great Star Wars story of no one's just born a villain. You know, mm-hmm. they respond mm-hmm. to trauma. They respond to, can I make a different choice? Um, I loved that that shot. It's so tragic and, and, and introduces all these great questions about the cycle of violence and questioning. Did Mace really have to do that? So when I, I can't remember when I found out that he kid Boba Fett was back in the Clone Wars animated series, but that was like a fist pumping moment of like, great. Yeah, we're going to follow through on the promise of that great beat from Attack of the Clone. So I always liked it and I liked it that it was so direct that it was, yeah, no, I got to get Mace Windu <laughs> in that uh, I and now I'm just I'm just hanging around with, uh, you know, awful bounty hunters in terms of uh, parental guidance. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, just I just so agree with Jen. I I, I literally I think pumped my fist or, or said yes uh, <laughs> at the beginning of Book of Boba Fett when we got the scenes of yeah you know Camino the hand on the glass as his father left in the the helmet um because it's it's a complete story now yes. it's this this is what traumatized this child this is what made him think that i had not only vengeance but like armor protection close yourself off you know is the only mm-hmm. way to survive you know and if you don't have that that kind of origin story that's like the beginning that's what he has to get past it, it choose to get past in book of boba fett and i think uh, those appearances in the Clone Wars really make it a complete story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I can't figure what I said specifically. I'd have to see if Grace remembers. I just remember that first episode of Book of Boba Fett, like out loud saying a few times, oh my God, they're doing it. Oh, they're going for it. Oh, they're going right to it. We're not even right. waiting. Yeah. Oh, so oh my God. Yes. Immediately. It's just, yeah, it's what I always wanted of like, yeah, let's, let's take the, the best bounty hunter ever, silent, yeah. deadly, uh, or, or not very talkative, deadly <laughs> Boba Fett and marry it with this traumatized child. And they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I just remember Favreau's kind of uh, attitude and, 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 and not attitude, like, a, you know, a, a negative attitude, but just like his thoughts on the prequels at that convention. At, at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago at that convention of just him being like, ah, Dave's teaching me. I just like was like, wow, you, you're getting there. You're, that's Camino. That's Camino. <laughs> yeah. uh, but as far as 2010, where I, I was watching the show, uh, when Boba Fett appeared in this episode, I opened up my window and I leaned out and I just yelled, cameos are ruining Star Wars. And no, <laughs> no one's listening. No. Uh, I think I, at the, at the time, I had those, you mentioned, Joseph, the kind of those surface level complaints and this and that. But I always talk about my 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 relationship with the prequels and the, and the reason it changed the seeds were already there. I've always liked that, that shot of him with the helmet of his father. It always tugged on me in, in a way I, I couldn't fully put into words. You know, there's just something so beautiful about that shot. Um, so I liked it. So when, when he came back, it, it, it didn't rub me too wrong. I think I might've been like a little bit like, uh, uh Boba Fett as a kid. I don't know. But then what, 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 what they do with him just in the clone wars, just in those episodes, especially the ones later on with, with Mama Singh for a little while and the, the gang he's mm-hmm. running with everything. It was so good even then. And now you're right. The the, the long play, they get to do the long play. Uh, now getting all this stuff coming back with this era. And it just all syncs up so nicely. It is a complete story for me. And it all began April 23rd, 2010. Daniel Logan yeah. returning to the role. 
Uh, and I believe, and someone said, I didn't know this. He's, he's doing, uh, I think Daniel Logan's doing Boba Fett and, and the Skywalker saga. Has anyone heard that? Anyone out there? Oh, oh the voice? Yeah. I have to confirm that on air. Someone just said that to me in a stream, and I and I was like, "Is he actually doing that?" I, I guess he. Yes, he is. Look at that. He is. Oh, that's comes full circle. Yeah, he is a great uh, ambassador of Star Wars. He clearly loves it. Yes. Really is. Really is. Yes. Uh, so there you go. We looked toward the past. April twenty third, two thousand ten. Boba Fett returns to Star Wars. That is it for this week, my friends. We have uh, taken a look at the news. More on the way. More maybe convention panel confirmations. All that kind of cool stuff. And uh, we at Force Center too will have an announcement uh, next week of um, uh, a podcast appearance we'll be doing at Star Wars Celebration. We'll update you on that. Just wanted to tease you there. Before we get on <laughs> out of here, uh, we're going to remind you where to find us. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Uh, thanks for watching the live Q&A uh, a couple weeks ago. We're going to do it again in May. We'll let you know. Uh, Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Just search. You'll find us. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, and from there, you can get into our Discord where you can talk Star Wars with Force Center friends every day. You can follow me at Catnapsuck or go to catnapsuck.com. We always like to highlight some uh, charities or things of note out in the world in that crazy, crazy world. Once again, highlighting uh, the GoFundMe for the Kiev Independent, which is the uh, independent news source out there, getting information to all of us around the world and those in the uh, affected areas of Ukraine. Uh, Jennifer, what do you got? Uh, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Jennifer Landa, TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. And today I am spotlighting Community Coalition in Los Angeles. They are a grassroots, people-driven, nonprofit organization. They empower the residents of South LA to change the conditions in their community. They have also worked with J.J. Abrams and Katie McGrath, uh, and they host an annual summer program called the CDF Freedom Schools, which works with Black and uh, Latino students over the summer to strengthen their reading skills and foster community involvement, social action. It's a fantastic organization that does incredible work. Um, you can find out more about them at CocoSouthLA.com. Wonderful stuff there. Joseph, take us home. Yeah, you can find me at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I am in particular going to uh, plug uh, TikTok. That's at Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm I'm trying to do at least two uh, of my uh, not unboxing action figure videos a week. But if I get busy and I only do one, the next week I am punished by the algorithm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have now, like, if you don't post enough, I posted, a, in my opinion, a quite enjoyable assessment of my new seal bibble action figure. And, uh, and it is not getting many views because I'm being punished by the algorithm. So if you're interested in checking out TikTok, go look at my seal bibble action figure. Uh, anything else, you can go to my website, josephsgrimshaw.com. And for the thing that I'd like to highlight uh, this week, I'm continuing uh, to highlight the letter, light, uh, letter writing campaign, Vote Forward. You write letters uh, encouraging other people to use their power and vote. If you want more information, you can go to their website, votefwd.org. Wonderful stuff. Go watch Joseph's TikTok. Give CO Bibble the respect <laughs> he deserves. And Joseph as well. Uh, that is it for this week. So for uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, the Howard family, and uh, those handrails we want to see more of in Star Wars, this has been Force Center. See you next time, friends. Bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.